0: All right, Joe, we are back on the podcast where we are training men in spiritual fitness. And we are, I think week six of our eight-week challenge um, uh, where we are guiding men through the life of a Christian hero, Hudson Taylor. And along the way, challenging them to pray for 20 minutes a day. And guys, I hope you're you're doing that. I hope it's maybe becoming a be- better pattern in your life where you're at least, uh, you know, uh, looking at the fact that prayer is hard and that it does take setting aside time in your day to go for it. But I do th- hope that you're starting to see progress in your prayer life because we're asking guys, yeah, 20 minutes a day prayer. Read some of the life of uh, Hudson Taylor Memorize those promises of God, eight different promises that we've given guys to memorize. And I hope you're finding meditation on those promises to be powerful in your life. Um, but then also setting aside a time every week to gather as friends or gather with a mentor and discuss all of this. And uh, I know for me, it's so far been a, a hugely beneficial challenge. And um, we're, we're at this spot in the life of Hudson Taylor where there, again, are more and more crazy stories. Oh, go figure. You know, this is, this is what, what he does. But there, here's a few, four stories that just quickly that he, he uh, tells us in these chapters. He tells the story of a guy that steals his stuff, But then, you know, Hudson Taylor being a stand-up guy, he doesn't pursue any sort of retribution. You got a story of a guy who is increasingly interested in Jesus and is almost there and making a decision. And then he drowns tragically. and, And Hudson Taylor is there as he drowns story where um Hudson Taylor leaves a missionary agency because he is convicted about that agency being in debt and he's like no I can't be a part of something like that and then a story where he he joins this Chinese this Chinese man in his frustration that it took so long for the gospel to reach mm-hmm. inland China and how heartbreaking that is so some great again, great stories that guys are going to read this week. But I kind of want to approach this from a a big picture angle of just asking you, as we've now read so many stories of Hudson Taylor's life, I want to put you on the spot and say, give me one word that you would use to describe Hudson Taylor. And actually, I want guys that are listening to this, if you've been following along with this Hudson Taylor challenge, I want you to think about what one word would you use to describe Hudson Taylor? And Joe, what, what would you say? What's your one word?
1: You know, it's tempting to say faith, but that's not going to be my word. Um, I'm I'm going to say humility. Hmm. And I think because um, humility is often kind of the womb from which even faith is birthed. I mean, it's if you've got pride, um, you don't step out and trust. Uh, you think you can handle it, or you doubt God that he can handle it. And uh, one of the things that's amazing about Hudson Taylor is there is that humility of a child depending upon God, but it's something that it's something that comes out in stories about him as well. One of my favorite stories with Hudson Taylor is later on. This is past where we are in the book, but um, he's he's at this point he's he's going through Canada, and he and he's in like a train, and uh, there's like this article, and his friends like reading an article about him because now at this point he's he's well known, and in this article saying you know Hudson Taylor. He's not that remarkable. He's not nearly as eloquent as our Canadian preachers. And he's not that tall. And he's, you know, he doesn't have any great personality. And um, Hudson Taylor, he hears this and and he just, you know, just kind of laughs and says, you know, I've always thought God made me small to show how great he is. Mm. And man, I'd be angry, you know, that that would sting. I'd have all kinds of reactions. I wouldn't rejoice in the fact that I'm small and uh, not that remarkable because it all shows just how gracious and, and glorious God really is. So yeah, humility, that's my label for uh, Hudson Taylor.
0: I, th- I think it's a good one. Yeah, there's, it, I'd be hard-pressed to argue with that. He definitely displays humility all throughout every story that we read. Um, I I would take a different tact. I think my my one word I'd use to describe Hudson Taylor is ridiculous. Uh, which is, (laughs) I just, man, and this says more about me than it does Hudson Taylor, I think. Uh, I just, I find him ridiculous. The stories he tells and the the life he lived and the decisions he made are remarkable. But I'm just like, oh my gosh, is he really doing that? Is he really taking that step? Is he really trusting that big? It's it's just ridiculous to me. I, I would say this is a guy that when you read about him, if you don't think, oh, my gosh, this guy's is crazy, uh, then I-, I don't know what to say about you. Uh, what it says about me, I think, is I've got a lot of growing to do, I guess, <laughs> in, in admitting that. But I think there's probably a lot of words, you know, and I'd be interested, you know, to hear... I'm going to have to ask my friends that, you know, what's the one word you'd use to describe Hudson Taylor? Because um, there's a lot of words you could use. Yeah. You know, inspiring. You could say, oh, well, he was an evangelist. He was, you know, trusting and maybe just hero. He was a Christian hero, right? It's kind of what we've summarized this uh, as. But uh, I want to kind of take this episode, actually, Joe, and go back and forth with you on three words that I think no one could use to describe Hudson Taylor. All right. So we're going to do the opposite. I'm going to give you three words that I don't think you you should use or could use to describe Hudson. Here's the here's the first one. I'll see if you agree with me. I don't think that you could describe Hudson Taylor as being indifferent, right?
1: Absolutely not. I mean, uh, indifference, apathy—these um, are words that just could not stick on the character of uh, Hudson Taylor. And I think we've got to go the opposite direction. I mean, there's this overwhelming sense of urgency. Um, that just defines um, the heart, the life of this man. And uh, an urgency that really recognizes the the seriousness of the moment, um, the, uh, the plight of those that haven't heard and do not know who Jesus is. And so just that, you know, sense of compulsion, his own person being compelled out onto the mission field, but trying to just lock arms with as many people as he can and bring them with him. I mean, this sense of starting a whole movement of Mm -hmm. a mission work out in that direction of China.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that, you know, this the first chapter. I can't remember what chapter number it is, but it'll be in the in the email we send to guys. The the first chapter you read this week is where I think Hudson Taylor gets preachy for the first time. (laughs) Right. He gets a little preachy because it's him telling the story of uh, the man who rides with him in the boat and his interested in jesus but isn't quite convinced yet and so hudson's really just excited about having him along but then as hudson's below deck uh he hears a splash in the water he goes up the man has disappeared obviously fell off the boat and uh there's this other boat of the of guys on the river and he's like and they have nets that they could you know use to go and find the guy and and drudge him up and uh how he basically describes those guys is indifferent. They're like they just don't care. They see a drowning man and they just don't care. And it's just, I mean, it's appalling. And and Hudson writes it in such a way that we are appalled by the very indifference of these men. You know, looking at a man who's drowning and not caring. And he uses it as kind of a parable of how we look at the lost world and how uh, how often we are so indifferent to those that are around us who uh, are, yeah, drowning in the penalty of sin and, and are, have no hope there, and how we just sit back. And, and it's really, again, it, it gets a little preachy, but in a good way, I think, right? Because this is a, an issue that we all face, and this is something that If we're going to have a sense of urgency, which is ultimately, I think, what we see in Hudson Taylor's life, uh, man, seeing the sense of urgency towards calling people to Christ has to be there as men. I I think that's
1: right. And I think that's where, you know, if we imagine Hudson Taylor in our lives, he would be that friend that, um, you know, his passion, his fervency to go out and, and do evangelism you know, it rub off, it would either irritate you and make you really uncomfortable, or you'd find yourself all of a sudden, you know, growing in your own passion. Mm. Um, I mean, one of the things, you know, I, I love, because he carries this, he ends up going back, eventually back to England, and you know, he has these opportunities to begin to speak to people. Mm. And uh, he constantly, whenever he's like preaching, he, he has this way of just putting people in this situation where they're boxed in, and they just don't have any excuse to, uh, to not, go out and share the gospel. And, and one, of the, one of the things I love he does, I mean, there's this one moment and he's just telling people, I mean, if you believe that all these people are lost and if you believe that people have this immortal soul and if you believe Jesus is the way and, true and the truth in the life, he goes on and he gets to this point. This is so, I mean, it cuts to the heart. He says, you know, speaking to that person who's saying, well, I'm not called to China. He says, it will not do to say that you have no special call to go to China. With these facts before you, you need rather to ascertain whether you have a special call to stay at home. And that idea, like, you know, you know, we love to just think, well, I've never heard the voice of God telling me to go overseas. And he's saying, well, have you ever heard the voice of God telling you to stay where you are? Oh. And if that's the voice of God, the same spirit that would, you know, make you share the gospel abroad, it should make you share the gospel at home. And so nobody gets out. Everybody leaves the church thinking I'm called in this uh, great commission.
0: Yeah. Uh, again, ridiculous. He's a friend that I wouldn't describe. <laughs> I mean, he stopped being so ridiculous, man, but in the best of ways, in the best of ways, he's ridiculous in the, in the best of ways, but I can't help but continue to think, oh man, it's, it's a, yeah, he, he has a high, a high standard there. And I think he's always also pointing towards that um, idea of stop waiting on someone else to act or stop waiting on the right circumstances like he he does he, you know again that sense of urgency like let's let's do this let's move on it, it reminds me of a of a buddy who um always says we've got to uh kick someone out of our churches and by that mean, he means like there you know there's a lot of people that walk through churches someone should do this something about this someone should do something about that someone should we got it's time to fire someone and it's you that needs to, you know, if you see something that needs to be done, it's you and uh, stop pointing towards. And that's, man, Hudson Taylor never says, you know, someone should do some, He sees yeah. and he has this urgency, especially for the lost, and he's just going for it.
1: Yeah, and I love how I love how the vision for this China Inland Mission really gets conceived because there's this moment again, he's back in England um he's in a church service in brighton it's like you can imagine a thousand people it's a wonderful service singing fantastic you know great message everybody's leaving the building thinking what a great night uh of of just corporate worship but man he's he's devastated he's in agony he goes out he's taking a walk on the beach because all he can think about is everybody in england can comfortably hear the gospel at you know when they're you know every desire And then there's all these people in China that have never yet to hear it once. And so, you know, from this soul agony gets birthed this vision to let's take the gospel to the interior of China. And uh, I think the wrong way to read that story is to think that everybody in the church should have had that vision to go Mm -hmm. to China. The right way to hear that story is, man, God puts it on the heart of somebody that sees something nobody else sees. And when you're in that place and you're thinking, why isn't anybody doing something It's one of the sure signs that you're the guy who's called to go out and do it. And I mean, for Hudson Taylor, that was, you know, go out and recruit missionaries and go take the inland of China. But for other guys, I mean, what is it on your heart? What are you seeing that nobody else you know sees? What are you staying up late, you know, frustrated that this isn't happening locally? Man, that's something God's putting on your heart. And uh, it's time for that to become a vision and time for something you begin to act on.
0: Yes. Don't wait. Love it. Um, All right. Second word I've got for you. Second word that I think in my mind, you can't use this word to describe Hudson Taylor, and that's greedy. I, I don't think you could say Hudson Taylor was greedy at all. In fact, even just one of the stories that the guys will read this week is yeah, where he he faces this time of conviction of like the agency he's you know being financially supported by a little bit um, is in debt, and he's like, man, I I don't know that I can see. That, that lines up with what the Bible teaches. So he even just says, Yeah, I just won't be paid. That's fine. I'll just, just, you know, I'll figure it out another way. And, uh, and even, but he goes further in that. He's like, It's not that I need money for myself. I just, I could use some more money to take care of the needs of those that are around me. And, uh, and it's just like the, the deeper and deeper you get into him, the more and more you see there is no greed, especially for selfish desires there within him. Would, correct? Right? No greed in, in Hudson Taylor?
1: Yeah, I think, you know, for me, you know, it gets to a certain part. And I think, okay, God, thus far, no further. Mm. Now, this bit is mine. I demand, I need this much of my life to rule or to indulge. And I'll let you have the rest. Mm. And, um, you know, yeah, with Hudson Taylor, I mean, there's just, you know, whatever God needs, you know, is open for him to take. And um, I think one of the effects, again, if you imagine Hudson Taylor being in your friend group. What would happen is all of a sudden that sense of some bit of ownership, uh, you're going to feel like actually convicted that, no, if you're going to follow Jesus, that Jesus deserves all. Mm. And I think that's one of the things it it, it sometimes surprises people as they read Hudson Taylor's life, because Hudson Taylor refused to ask for money and he refused to let the missionaries with him ask for money. And uh, we often think, well, why, you know, um, is that just kind of an act of cowardice and sheepishness and it's awkward to talk about money? And the answer is not at all. Um, The answer is that actually, and this is something he says at some point, is uh, he talks about the reason he doesn't let his missionaries go and ask for money is that actually often he says uh, what God wants is not a money contribution contribution but personal consecration to his service abroad or the giving up of a son or a daughter more precious than silver or gold to his service. So in other words, when it gets to the end of a service that Hudson Taylor is leading, he's not asking for your money because he believes God might want more than your money. That's the least he's going to want. And so he wants you to go home and he wants you to agonize in your own conscience and really wrestle with God. What are you asking of me? And then you know, to come back and maybe it's going to be money. And maybe it's going to be a whole lot more. And so, man, yeah, that challenge to just open-handed, God, it's all yours. I'm all yours. What are you asking of me? I think that would be the effect of uh, actually being around this man.
0: Yeah, yeah, ridiculous. Again, I can't, I can't give, him, yeah. uh, give up your child. You know, not just give a little money. Yeah. Give up your child. Yeah, oh, that's that's, right. that's easy, Hudson. Thanks, friend. I appreciate that. Uh, but but it's true, and it's. Uh, you know, if you were to say Hudson Taylor were greedy, I, I think it, it would be in the sense of like he's unsatisfied. And what is he unsatisfied with? He's unsatisfied. There's there's never enough people who know Christ. Like so he's yeah. he is the greedy in that's like there needs to be more and more people. He's ne- there's never enough Christians taking obedience seriously. He just that yeah. can't be quenched for him. It cannot be quenched. He just keeps keeps on and keeps on There's never enough trust that you can place in God. Those are the the ways that you see him unsatisfied, and I think that, yeah, hopefully, um, as he becomes in our circle of friends, that it rubs off on us, hopefully. That's the kind of things I want to see in my life as well. Um, All right, last word here that I don't think you could describe Hudson Taylor as – and this one's tricky because I think this is actually a word that guys – would describe Hudson Taylor as um, because so there's been actually some some research done that shows like when you read a book um, and they're describing a character, according to how much details they leave out about the character, you often read that character to basically be more and more like yourself unless the author says otherwise. So like um, when I read someone, I assume that they are 40 year old you know guy 40 40 year old white guy basically you know it's what I'm nice. uh, unless they say oh he's 70 you know or there's indications of that i always assume they're my age and i think that most guys i don't know what age you are as you listen to this you're reading these stories of Hudson Taylor and you're seeing him as whatever age you are right um, but i do want to make it clear in these stories, in these chapters that you're reading right now, Hudson Taylor is 24 years old. All right. So he's not 40 years old like I'm seeing him, um, and which is even more difficult because most of the pictures you see of Hudson Taylor out there. Or when he's 50, 60, 70 years old. So the word that I would say you can't describe Hudson Taylor as is old. You can't describe him as old. He does eventually get old, okay? I get that. But right now, where we're at in his storyline, he's not old. He's 24, Joe. He's 24 years old and he's living out these stories. What are, I guess, what are the implications there for guys who are reading this?
1: I'm gonna eat your word. That's ridiculous. <laughs> That's ridiculous that he's in his 20s at this point. Um, but at the same time, it's not ridiculous. Uh, yeah. I think, and this is what guys need to stop and think about, especially young guys listening. Uh, we live in an age where it's like, you know, throw your 20s away, you know, yeah. just just go out, travel the world, um, have some great experiences. And then, you know, adult sometime in your 30s and get married and have kids and, and et cetera. Um, man, if Hudson Taylor, if you're if he's one of your friends in your 20s, he's looking at you saying, why are you wasting your life? I mean, okay, it's one thing to travel to China without a purpose. And just to go look at like national monuments, why not go someplace and win some souls? Why not do something that's got like eternal reward? Um, And so I think uh, there's this this calling for young guys, invest your life in something that has real significance. It may not be something that gets written about in a book, but God sees it and he sees if you're wasting your life and he knows if it's, you know, stuff that actually really honors him. And man, make make the choice of Hudson Taylor and do the things that have lasting significance.
0: Yeah, I, and I, I want to take a, a, the opposite view in some senses of talking to some older guys. I want to give a, like, I think there's a prescription for older guys that are stuck because what happens over time is, you know, you become complacent and you become just, we lose some of that vigor and sense of urgency as we age. And if you're that guy sitting in church, stuck, complacent, bored, all the, here's your prescription go hang out with some 20 year olds you know like that honestly even now like i find yeah. some value with hanging out with some 20 year olds they have energy they have vigor and yeah right now i think in our culture and time like you're saying maybe they don't quite have a sense of hey i can actually accomplish something in my 20s uh But there is an energy that you can get for from some 20 year old guys that I think is infectious uh, for guys in their 50s. Like we we need to be able to remember what it was like at that time and then to help them see, wait, don't. Don't settle like I did, right? <laughs> like, what, well, yeah. man? We, we, uh, I've asked this question of you. I've asked it of, of a lot of my friends, like, hey, you know, we, you know, what would you tell your 20 year old self if you could? You know, we asked that, everybody asked that question, I think, at some point. And I, I think that we overlook the fact that we can tell 20 year old dudes stuff right now. Like, if you're 40, if you're 50, like, there are 20 year olds in your community. Go talk to them and go tell them that thing that you want to say. And what you want to say is, dude, don't waste your life. Uh, get out there. There's so much of value that, that you can do and that you can produce. And uh, your 20s are a great time to do that. And then, yeah, the the, the message to the 40 year olds, I think, is the same. Like, don't don't think it's over. Like, uh, there's still a lot to be uh, accomplished there. So, um, yeah, I don't have anything else that you'd say to to guys of. Uh, who, yeah, you... I would
1: just say uh, I think one of the lessons for young guys as well. It's not surprising that Hudson Taylor, in one sense, has this dream this vision you know when he's a young man because only a guy in their 20s early 30s is dumb enough and bold enough to actually think they can take the whole of china but god uses that you know he uses that zeal that um gumption yes um and he takes it and and works it into his kingdom and so you know old guys make room for that enthusiasm don't quench that vision but equally let's be honest i mean um those young guys you're going to need the old guys as well you know to be You know, getting counsel from and helping you through this. But a wonderful picture of a guy from early years, just really choosing to put it all out there and go and see what he can do for the Lord.
0: All right. Well, I want to leave guys with just one clear challenge for the week as they uh, do this Hudson Taylor exercise that they're reading and discussing everything. But here's here's one added thing I want you to do in your group of friends. Um, I want you to look your friends in the eyes and ask them for one word to describe you what one word would you use to describe me? And th- I want you to think about what one word would you use to describe some of your friends? And I want you all to just kind of talk about that. What, you know, how did you, how, why did your friends arrive at the conclusion of the words that they did? Um, I think it's an time to encourage one another one of the big benefits of friendship is the, especially gospel friendships, is the encouragement we receive from one another. We are not alone. We must keep going, and we do that through man verbally. We've got to encourage one another. So, man, give your your friend a word and be honest. Look, it may not be, it may be that they've got a lot of room to grow, but um, but take some time to identify what you're seeing in one another and how would you describe each other, and how can you continue to grow and, and move beyond where you're at. So y'all try that out this week. Continue through the Hudson Taylor Challenge. Join us again next week as we've got a couple more weeks left in this exercise.